And uh, I know that in the beginning of my ministry, I, I had this idea and I didn't quite realize it at the time. It took me a while to understand it, but I had this idea that if I, I stood in the pulpit and, and preached well, that, uh, you know, people would be uh, satisfied that, but, but we really, I, I learned that um, we have to connect with people. This is The Calling, a Family Life original podcast with Steve Smith that features conversations with pastors talking about the challenges they face in their personal and professional lives as they minister to others and share the gospel. Our guest for episode 15 is Pastor Ray Bartholomew of McClure United Methodist Church in Deposit, New York. It's The Calling on Family Life's podcast, uh, talking with uh, Pastor Ray Bartholomew, McClure United Methodist Church in Deposit. I want to say, because when I first saw Interim Pastor, and that was a while ago, give us a little history of your history at McClure United Methodist Church, Pastor Ray. I had been a United Methodist pastor uh, for uh, a few years, and I uh, it had to take some time off from that because of uh, my wife's health, and uh, and at, soon after I began my ministry as uh, as a pastor, my wife uh, began to have uh, strokes, and she's had three strokes, and it is now uh, uh, unfortunately she she is in a nursing home. But I did take time off to uh, care for her as best I could. And um, anyway, uh, as after we made that decision to um, place her in a nursing home because she, uh, she needed nursing care and she needed 24-7 supervision. And I'm sure you can understand one person can't do that. So uh, I became aware of uh, need in the McClure United Methodist Church. Uh, through a friend of a friend. And uh, at the time, they were looking for uh, some people who could fill in for their pastor when he was unable to be there. And so I did that. It kind of got my feet wet. And then uh, in the United Methodist Church, pastors are appointed by the, uh, the district superintendent. So... Uh, their pastor was appointed to another church, and this was in 2021. And at that time, of course, we were coming uh, out of COVID. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you're, you're probably aware that there is a shortage of, of ministers uh, in, in our country. So they actually had no one there to appoint. So this was a church without a pastor, so they turned to me as an interim. And uh, after a few months, they decided they'd like to keep me on. Well, it's not quite done that way in the United Methodist Church, but uh, we did uh, speak with the, uh, the church did at least, uh, speak with the uh, district superintendent. 
and uh, and she interviewed me again, and so that was. Uh, at that point, she decided to leave things as they were. You bring up a great point or an observation, or at least I'm observing as you're speaking. Sometimes people go like, okay, uh, pastors have this life at the church, but they have to remember pastors are people too, and they have their own life and things mm-hmm. going on. When you were going through and continue mm-hmm. to go through the, the struggle uh, caring for your for your wife and things like that, did you get a lot of support from other pastors mm-hmm. and other leaders that said, hey, you know, we've been through something maybe not exactly like that, but similar? And what kind of uh, support did you receive uh, from other pastors? And, and people in the church? Yes, uh, I, I did receive support from people in the church. Uh, you know, many said they were praying for me. And uh, as far as uh, my colleagues, uh, I, I have been a member of a uh, local lectionary group, which meets every week to uh, review the, uh, the, the scripture that's coming up in the lection. And so there, there was a lot of uh, collegial support there as well. So that was very beneficial. Let's go back to Ray before Pastor Ray. Let's turn the clock back however many years. Were you one as you were growing up? Uh, and I, when I say growing up, I'm talking, you know, maybe teen years. And as it went on, you knew you were going to be a pastor? Or how did that calling uh, come about for uh, you to become, go from Ray to Pastor Ray? And when did you feel the calling of God to, to lead? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Um, I was not in a, uh, raised in a church-going family. And I like to tell people that uh, in my house, the only time if I heard the uh, the Lord's name being said, it was usually being said in vain, mm. unfortunately. Right. So yeah. I I was drawn to Christ through uh, another uh, difficulty in my life. I was uh, uh, m- my first marriage ended in divorce. And uh, I was not uh, doing very well, as as people might uh, understand who have been through that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can remember praying for God to take away my pain. And I woke up the next morning and uh, my pain, my emotional pain was still there, of course. But soon after that, I became aware that um, there was a... uh, a support group for separated and divorced people. And it happened to be meeting uh, across the street from where I was living. So I could walk to it. Hmm. And uh, I found that to be very helpful and and really kind of introduced me to the church and uh, to Christ. And after a few years, I met my current wife and she was a, a a member of uh, another United Methodist Church, and uh, we got married, and and uh, she helped my faith development, actually. Um, and I would say, if it wasn't for her, I I wouldn't be what where I am today. You know, she encouraged me to to pray and read the Bible, and and I eventually did give my life to the Lord. I had been convicted that I should do this, and I kind of put it off for a while, but I did eventually do this uh, with the broadcast evangelist, and uh, it was good, uh, and my my life really 
turned around from there with things that uh, I, uh, I had been doing, which were sin, I found I didn't really have an appetite for anymore. I found that I looked at things from the point of view of Christ. And so it, it changed me completely. And very early, I was watching a TV news program. It was a, you know, sort of a, a network uh, magazine type mm-hmm. news program. Right. And they happened to be doing a report on the New Age movement. And I can remember sitting there and watching it. And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, I mean, these people are lost and they're headed to hell. And so it wasn't a matter of, you know, these are wicked people or anything like that. It was a, you know, these people are lost. They really need to be saved. And so that was kind of like the first inkling I got uh, that uh, he was calling me into the ministry. Isn't it interesting how God can use, because we're all flawed and we all are broken, and God uses mm-hmm. those things in our life. And, and I'm sure you found over the years now that when people come to you, and let's say they're, uh, and in particular, since you talked about marriage, and I also went through a divorce before I was saved, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. I look back on that old life, it's like I can't even, I can't even almost remember some of those things, but it allows mm-hmm. you to minister to those people who are hurting in that particular way because you've been through that. And I'm I'm sure you've had many examples Mm -hmm. like that that you've been able to do that with others. Yes. uh, The the experiences I've had in my life have um, really uh, sharpened my sense of empathy for people, Mm -hmm. people who are hurting. And it might not be, as you said, like a divorce or in in my, my current case where I have uh, my spouse who is, um, unfortunately, she's uh, battling dementia now at this point. And um, I can relate to them much better and have concern for them. And so that's one thing that has come out of it. What do you see in the church uh, these days? You've seen a lot of, of change. You, I mean, you already mentioned the uh, COVID situation and uh, uh, mm-hmm. that. But, but even over the years, what, what do you see as, uh, as you talk to other pastors and, 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 and even uh, chat with them and, mm-hmm. and compare notes? What do you see some of the biggest problems uh, or challenges facing uh, the local church today? Well, I, I think one thing is that uh, the the landscape is changing uh, in in front of our eyes. People are more inclined, I think, to to find their own way with these things. You know, people are um, well. I I want to say they're not as open. I'm not sure that's exactly correct. But uh, organized religion is uh, something that uh, people are turning away from. Many people, I'm speaking uh, outside the church. Um, you know, we have a tremendous problem with, with uh, young people uh, leaving the church as they come of age. 
and uh, we have a problem. You know, many say, you know, it's it's hypocritical. Uh, many are just trying, I think, to find their own way. Uh, I know of one person who was very uh, critical of church members, uh, calling them hypocritical, but added also that he liked Jesus. Hmm. So it, it, that's that's part of it. You know, our culture is is changing very rapidly, and it's uh, it's been a challenge for the church to keep up with that change. Yeah. You know, the message doesn't change, but sometimes uh, the method we use has to change. The method we use to communicate that. Speaking of communicating, I heard a really interesting, and I've heard a couple pastors speak on this uh, over uh, mm-hmm. over the last few few months. Uh, I I saw a feature of a of a pastor who said, you know, I was guilty for a long time of because I this this particular pastor grew up in the church and then he became a pastor and he mm-hmm. would he would speak to other people and then he realized one day that it's like wait a minute all I'm doing is repeating what I was taught early on and he was speaking of the importance of studying yourself and praying the study of you know the the importance mm-hmm. of prayer and your own particular study digging into the word of god can you speak on that because he felt a little bit guilty after a while because it's like wait a minute I'm just repeating what I learned when I was a kid and mm-hmm. growing up in, in church. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Pastor Ray, can you speak to studying and the importance of studying and prayer? Oh, it, absolutely. Um, I think, um, you know, if, if, we, if we don't pray, it's like going into the battlefield without uh, any kind of uh, armor. So, um, y- you know, we have to, we have to pray and uh, be in communion with God and what his plan is and for for that particular ministry and about knowing oneself it that is that is critical and uh, I know that in the beginning of my ministry I I had this idea and I didn't quite realize it at the time it took me a while to understand it but I had this idea that if I I stood in the pulpit and and preached well that uh, you know people would be uh, satisfied that but but we really I, I learned that um, we have to connect with people you know there's the the uh, saying that uh, you know people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and you may think of that as being a cliche but it's absolutely true that people will not open up to someone that, you know, they don't feel safe with. Talking to Pastor Ray Bartholomew, McClure United Methodist Church in, in Deposit. And, and we're all on a, uh, we, we all continue to learn, and that's important. And this may be a, Maybe a mm-hmm. difficult question right now because you're going through a very difficult, another difficult part of your life with your uh, with your wife's mm-hmm. uh, health failing. Uh, but over the past months and maybe years, you're going through this process. What have you learned about yourself, and what has God taught you during this most recent uh, struggle and challenge in your life? Mm-hmm. Well, that's certainly an interesting question. 
Uh, he is still teaching me, but I have learned many things. Uh, I, I have learned uh, to understand more when something goes wrong in life that um, you can you can grow from that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, uh, I've learned how to deal with my grief better. I'm not completely over it by any means. But I've also lately in the last couple of years been very uh, convicted about judging people. And um, so I am trying not to be that way. I'm asking the Lord to help me be less judgmental. Whew, boy, I tell and, you, uh, it, it, it's a subject. What you just touched on there, Pastor Ray, is something yes. that, you know, God uh, reaches when, when there's a certain topic, and it happens to all of us. There's a certain topic or something God's working on. And it seems like everywhere we turn, uh, whether it's reading something, seeing something, talking to somebody, uh, hearing a message from the Word of God, it's like it's on that same subject uh, over and over again for, mm-hmm. for a season. And that's the one that I'm mm-hmm. uh, hearing most recently, what you just brought up about, you know, we can't. We can't change people's hearts. Certainly we do our part, but only God changes their mm-hmm. heart. And we are so quick, uh, mm-hmm. even as Christians, and uh, to judge mm-hmm. other people on lifestyle, on just different things. Not that we're agreeing with them, yes. but we're judging them. And boy, that's a topic that's that's been mm-hmm. hot on my heart uh, lately as well. Yes. And I think that's that's part of the church's problem, especially with young people, is that we have, we come across as judging uh, certain you know groups of people, uh, certain kinds of behavior, and then uh, they they see that we also are flawed, and uh, that is where they you know they draw their their conclusion. Uh, and I'm speaking in a general sense, of course, sure. but um, that's uh, something, you know, I, I try to remind people, you know, we're, we're not here to beat people over the head with the Bible. And and that's something, you know, it's more important to, to love people. And my pastor who uh, really um, discipled me, uh, his name was uh, Brown Knight, Pastor Brown Knight, and he's, he's with the Lord now. But uh, he was excellent at that, at, at uh, loving people and making them feel uh, worthwhile. And uh, just, uh, he was very, a very nice man to be around. And he was also a, a great theologian. That's, you know, where my theology comes in. Mostly I, I was in his Bible study class for many years and, and heard most of his sermons there. And so that's where it came from. Yeah, we forget that sin is sin. God doesn't grade on a sliding scale. We, we, we as human beings tend to put one sin uh, over another. And uh, yeah, that's a great mm-hmm. lesson to, to learn. Well, Pastor mm-hmm. Ray, it's been a, a joy talking to you. We will, uh, all of those who, uh, who know you and love you and maybe have learned uh, about you, will continue to pray for you and your wife and your church. And, and uh, we appreciate you. Uh, Taking the time to chat on the calling and giving a little background and and just letting people know a little bit about your heart uh, for God and how 
God mm-hmm. can God takes all of us broken people and uh, and He has a use for all of us. Yeah. and He loves all of us, doesn't He? There, there is hope for the brokenhearted, you know, and that hope is Jesus Christ. You've been listening to episode 15 of The Calling, a Family Life original podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you heard, be sure to share it with others and click the subscribe button so you know when future episodes are available. Family Life's original podcasts such as The Parable Podcast, Therese Talk, If That Makes Sense, 10 Minutes With, and The Rise Up Podcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or FamilyLife.org. Family Life is listener-supported, and your faithful partnership makes ministry outreach through podcasts like this possible. Find out more at FamilyLife.org.